0: Welcome to the Limitless Hairdresser Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Mason. At Limitless, we believe you deserve to live the life of your dreams, and we're here to help you make that happen by bringing you high-vibe educational episodes from myself and leaders in the fields of meditation, personal development, and conscious business practices. We're here to provide you, the beauty professional, with mindful tools and support for an enriched career and life. So plug in and tune out the outside world, and let's go on this journey together. Hey, and welcome to episode number 65 of the Limitless Hairdresser Podcast. Today I have on special guest Andrew Carruthers. He is a fellow hairdresser and educator. And we both are now in this new role of being coaches and mentors and spiritual guides within a little bit different realm of beauty. And it's so exciting to talk to my other fellow hairdressers who have gone on this journey and gone on this path to share something a little bit more deep behind the surface level of what beauty is and in this episode we're going to chat about his new project called The Journeyist and how he's bringing spirituality in a practical way to his IGTV through The Journeyist and even beyond into his coaching and into his mentorship with people in and out of the hair world. We definitely geek out about spirituality and meditation and choosing a path that is in alignment with our highest self and what our soul is truly calling us to do and what that looks like making a transition from one career path to another and how we find parallels within our work and how this path is always showing us and revealing to us what's next and how to get to that next place that we're truly being asked to step into. This is such a great episode if you're someone who is interested in making any kind of of shifts in your life, whether that be in your career or in your personal experience and your personal journey. This is a really great conversation to tune into because it really shows you that anything is possible. We just have to start making those next choices and those next choices and those next choices to keep getting us closer and closer and closer to what feels right. Another reason that I absolutely love this episode, and I just really have just enjoyed getting to know Andrew so much on this level, is because there are, are so many different paths to a spiritual journey, and we've come from two quite different backgrounds but they're so the same you know and when we start breaking down those walls of separation we realize how similar all of these paths are they just might have different names or different techniques or they call things different things but you'll kind of see how he'll be talking about some technique and I'm like oh yeah that means this to me or oh I've done this or I've experienced that or, I've practiced this and they just all have different verbiage but at the end of the day when you're on a on journey to get back to yourself, get back to your soul. There's all these different names for things and practices and identifications, but at the end of the day, it's all the same. So go ahead and tune out the outside world, plug into this episode, and if you're really enjoying it and you love this conversation between Andrew and myself, go ahead and take a screenshot of yourself listening to this, share it in your Instagram stories, tag Andrew Carruthers and tag myself, and let us know what your favorite thing is about this episode. We'll definitely repost and we want to connect with you and communicate and see how we can even serve you further. So enjoy this episode with Andrew Carruthers. Welcome, Andrew, to the Limitless Hairdresser podcast. How are you today?
1: I'm fantastic. Thanks for
2: having me.
0: I am so happy you're here. We're able to connect and yeah, be able to have this conversation, hairdresser to hairdresser, about Mm -hmm. inner beauty.
1: Yeah, and coach to coach.
0: (laughs) And coach to coach. (laughs) Yeah, so many parallels. I feel like we've been living um, life in the same world, but we've never really... Uh, met or really connected, but I mean,
2: Mm-mm.
0: I've, I used to be at the surface booth and you're over with Sam via booth and I was like, right. there's you and there's, e, and it's just kind of like this little, um, in orbit, but like out of orbit. And so it's cool to be able to connect with you now for and sure. yeah, talk about these missions that we're on.
1: Yeah. Big missions.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> so for everybody listening, why don't you give us the, the cliff notes of Andrew Carruthers. What what yeah the 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 short version and then we'll dive a little deeper into what you're doing now with the journeyist and some of these other things but for everyone who's listening maybe they're not hairdressers too so
1: okay cool yeah well I started my hair hairdressing career in 1997 whoa such a (laughs) long time ago (laughs) or no not 97 that's when I moved to Utah I started my hairdressing career in 99 so last year was my 20 year anniversary
2: wow congrats hairdresser.
1: <laughs> um pretty much i got i got into um education as a hairdresser pretty much from the first day because the guy that i started apprentice apprenticing under he um, was the regional education director for tg and guy and he needed people just to go out and like do the basic kind of product knowledge classes that were like hey, here's this shampoo. It has, right. you know, vitamins, A, C, and E. And <laughs> so within like three months of my apprenticeship, I didn't even have a hair license. I pretty much had just learned how to shampoo and blow dry hair at this point. I was out at other salons actually teaching product knowledge classes. And especially at a, at the age of like 20 years old, the first time I've ever stand in front of an audience like that, it was super scary, of course. And so... But it was really exciting. It was like, <clears throat> I think even from those first days of just teaching those product knowledge classes, I was like, I really like this. you yeah. know. And so pretty much ever since, you know, there's always been a parallel track of education for me, so I worked for TG for a little while. Then I had to leave that salon because we weren't getting along. <laughs> Um, as it happens. It, it does happen. <laughs> we're good now. We're good friends now. And we're fine. But um, so I, the cool thing was, is moving salons put me into, I think, one of the big opportunities, which was to work for Paul Mitchell on education, like the school system.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I worked for them for uh, seven years. And during that time, I was just a, like a cutting teacher. But I also uh, worked as their education director for a little while, too. Or artistic director. And that was super cool, because it got me connected with the school systems and what happens there. Because I didn't go to school, I, I apprenticed to get my hair license. So yeah, I, I didn't understand what the school world looked like at that point. Um, so around 2007 ish, I got super burned out, like <laughs> I was traveling 3 4 times a month i was still trying to keep up with my 40 to 50 hour a week clientele
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i got to a point where i was i was so burned out i thought i was going to leave the hair industry actually mm-hmm. I, I was just like i hate hair i hate the salon i just don't want to be here
0: yeah it's sad whenever that that amazing like glamorous version of what we think being a hairdresser is going to be takes mm-hmm. us to such an extreme that we're like yeah. i can't even do this anymore <laughs>
1: Well, and it was my first lesson on burnout, like Mm -hmm. what that is, because, you know, now I can look back and I can realize that burnout wasn't, wasn't about even necessarily what I was doing, because I love education. I love being Mm -hmm. a teacher. It was how hard I was pushing myself and the expectations I had on myself, you know, just like the expectation to be the best and be the biggest and be the brightest. and Totally. And I think the hair industry in in particular is notorious for having this concept that the harder you work, the more value you have. Like we kinda pride ourselves on, yeah, dude, like I did fifty thousand clients today. (laughs) What you only did twelve clients? How dare you? Like you're so slow and you know, you don't have dedication and
0: Yeah, and even in the education world it's a little different now because of instagram but it used to be in the education world when i started you had to mm-hmm. put in your time you had to work so hard you had to climb the yeah. ladder to get to that pinnacle of like being on stage and it was right. like you had to be the one who was working the hardest and putting in the most time mm-hmm. now you can just go on instagram and do it <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's a whole nother conversation whole, yeah <laughs> <that's> next time <laughs> yeah
1: No, totally. And so, yeah, in that period though, that was a great transition because right at at that point, I had a life coach that I had been working with for a super long time. Her name is Lynn Christian. She has a company called Soul Salt. Mm -hmm. I still work with her today. I've I've worked with her since 2003. Nice. And so she was just about to start her first group of coach trainees to, you know, train them to be coaches. Right. And after we kind of looked at what my strengths were, what my passions were, and places I could financially and have a shift in my career, we realized that coaching was a super just natural path to the to the next thing. So I started to train as a coach, started to build up some coaching clientele, and typical of me <laughs> you know I all of a sudden just completely overwhelm myself because again I'm still trying to like kind of keep my bread and butter which was hairdressing but built this coaching clientele on the side mm-hmm. and so pretty much ever since then it's really just been this like sort of ebb and flow of trying to find balance of those two worlds because the nice thing is I think it refound some of my passion for the hairdressing industry because I could see that there was, there was a different purpose for me in the hairdressing mm-hmm. industry.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Like it's evolving and, you know, that's part of what we're going to talk about today is like, even just in the moment right now, what I see is the balance and what I see is the purpose of what I'm doing is shaping so differently too.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's so interesting when you start to look at, you know, especially being in something. You you don't have the perspective when you can take a step back and you start, you know, doing this work on yourself, you see mm-hmm. where you can offer that up in places that you didn't even think about before. Totally. You know, like being mm-hmm. an educator and helping people learn how to hold scissors and cut a straight line and balayage hair in a way that's going to give their clients the most amazing results. And transitioning in that way of connecting and communicating into a deeper level of like, how can we support these people who are serving all the time and getting to a place like where you have been and where I have been, which is burnt out and overwhelmed and not aware of (laughs) what we're giving and not receiving. And yeah, it's it's kind of cool, but sometimes you got to go through it to know how to help other people.
1: I'd say most of the time you have it. to go through it.
0: Yeah. So amazing. So now where you're at mm-hmm. is doing something called The Journeyist. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So The Journeyist is my coaching company. The, the term The Journeyist actually came from a friend of mine because I kept thinking like, I don't just want to call it Andrew Carruthers life coaching, because to be honest, I kind of hate the term life coaching.
0: (laughs) I know. I don't, I, that's so funny you say that, because people will DM me, they're like, are you a life coach? You know, even other hairdressers, and I'm like, "Yeah." I don't, I, when I think of a coach, I think, like, there's a rule, and I, or a structure, and I'm, like, helping you do that. Like, I did cheerleading, and I had a cheerleading coach. It's like, Mm. you do this routine, you do this performance you do these things this way and for me like that's not at all what i do when i'm working with someone and that's part
1: of the challenge is we have relationships with what that terminology means to each of us based on just what experience we've had with people that call themselves a coach and you know there's just there's a lot of people out there that say like hey i'm a life coach and what they um, are really doing is telling people what they should do with their life. And that's just not the point at all.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And I think that that's why I have kind of deterred from using that, Mm -hmm. that word. It's kind of like being like, I want a shag. It's like, well, what kind of, (laughs) what is a shag? So true. (laughs) What is a shag? It's, it's a, it's a whole, you know, it just depends on what you think of it as. Mm -hmm. So I've been using the word mentorship because I feel like that just aligns a little bit. Better with me to like hold space Mm -hmm. for people to find out what they already know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess it doesn't really matter. But yeah, the coaching thing has. Yeah, it is. It's like words. Let's just call it.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm a. That's
1: Esoteric stuff. Either like you know, I play on with. Well, am I? uh life development professional. And and it's like, that's even worse. (laughs) Stop. just like, stop. I know. I I try to kind of like almost avoid the terminology around it now. And that was part of the purpose of calling it the The journey is, you know, because the type of coaching that I practice, I was taught that a true coach is exactly what you're talking about, which is that you don't place the answer in front of someone Mm -hmm. you're in a supportive role to help them find it for themselves Mm -hmm. like that and even the the international coaching federation like the governing body over professional coaches that's what they define it as too like a coach professionally in in that terminology is not someone that tells people what to do it's not someone that even like um teaches too much Mm -hmm. It's more that they have a skill set to allow people to have their own discoveries and their own learning process. And mm-hmm. when I started to think about that, I'm like, well, that comes from the exploration factor in life. It comes from the, the journeys we take. Yeah. And I was talking to my friend about this and he's, he's a graphic artist, his name is Brandon Frato and he does branding and um, graphic arts and stuff like that. And you know, I was like, will you help me come up with something and he came back with this thing. He's like, "Okay, this isn't a word, but it, it makes sense." And it's the journeyist. I was like, "Yes, <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's so perfect, Brandon." Because it's it's exactly. It's like I am the journeyist in some ways, but my purpose is to turn my clients into a journeyist. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I'd say that's most of my coaching is okay, try not to make the decision, try not to fix this, try not to, like, analyze this into having to be something. Mm -hmm. Just continue to explore and be curious and see what Um, happens. Just make the space for the journey and just put one foot in front of the other. You're not going to get your answer by sitting here going, but what if this and what if this and what if this and what if this? Yeah. And by the the reason I know this is because that's, that's, my space is like, I'm so head brain heavy that I've had to learn over the years that I'm not going to analyze it into truth. I have to take the time to just be like, well, here's an option. Start, (laughs) you know, start moving towards the option and and see what the hell happens because it's the only way we figure it out. It's the only
0: way. Yes. And don't you think as hairdressers this is something i started to realize is we always want to fix everything
2: yeah
0: you know you're behind the chair with a client and they are like oh my god the wrinkles on my forehead can you like fix that and we're like mm-hmm. we can't fix that we can give you bangs and like right. we're always and we're always um identifying as as empaths and and taking away people's pain taking away people's sadness and like being a journeyist and going on this journey and empowering people to look at those things that they're not liking in a different way. Well, well, why is it like, what is it though? It's not really the wrinkles. Like, what is it, you know? Yeah. And just going a little bit deeper with that. Um, yeah, that's, it's such an interesting thing. I think about our beauty industry so mm-hmm. much cause I'm like, oh, I love it so much. And then sometimes I feel like it's a, it's too big of a beast for me to <laughs> even, I'm like, is this even matter? Is this yeah. even making a difference? Um, but, you know, what what kind of things do you feel like have, have helped you to embody that mentality of, like, being a journeyist, of being mm-hmm. the person who is staying in that truth and not leaning back into the, you know, your patterns of, wanting to fix things or wanting to help people or you're like oh I know exactly what they could do to you know
1: it's I think the biggest thing that's helped me is just consistent practices that are just purely about awareness Mm -hmm. within our lives and so even like there I have a new yoga practice that I started working with about a year ago it's called uh, shadow yoga Mm. and it's so difficult Because it's unlike any yoga practice I've ever gone to. Because he speaks in almost riddles sometimes, Mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, don't do anything, but bring your awareness to that thing that's holding you from having access to that space. I'm like, what the (laughs) F are you talking about, dude? Like, you know, because my previous yoga teachers are like, okay, pull in here, you know, bend there, you know, do this you know, come on, stretch that out. And he's like, no, no, no. You're not here to stretch. You're here to find access. Mm -hmm. And stretching is not access. Stretching Mm -hmm. is stress. Mm -hmm. And it's like this completely different shift in the way that I'm looking at things. But, you know, now my um, hour practice of yoga is pretty much a practice of awareness. Mm -hmm. Just because it's like when you bring awareness to that, like I have this tightness that's kind of always in the upper portion of my right hip. And I'm always like, why is that? Why is that? What is it from Sean? And he's like, I don't know. You need to just be aware of it. <laughs> Stop trying to fix it. Just be aware uh, of it. Yeah. And it's cool because it's working. Like It's been mm-hmm. nine months of practicing really pretty consistently with him. And all those aches and pains that I just started to just draw awareness to and be patient with and, trying not to fix them trying not to make them right they've all actually and pretty much gone away at this point it, it's just that trusting that my body has the intelligence mm-hmm. to to find its own answers in some ways like this one's to always control everything mm-hmm. but i mean there's intelligence in your skin there's intelligence in your heart and your mm-hmm. gut and you know, your vagus nerve and like mm-hmm. there's there's so much intelligence contained in the body when we start to trust it and just be aware. It's like things just kind of happen. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just I think it's been hard too because the more you um, open that awareness, the more you also um, get exposed to the awareness of the challenging stuff, too, because
2: mm-hmm.
1: you have to put just as much awareness in, like, hey, I'm sad today. But I'm just going to be aware of it. I'm mm-hmm. not going to try and fix it.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. that's usually what we go to. Like, hey, this doesn't feel good. I need to fix it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's That's been probably the harder part of it. But that's that's been the journey.
0: That's amazing. And it's kind of, when, whenever you think about, like I think about it as spirituality. That's what I would, mm-hmm. you know, call it. It's like having that connection, that relationship with ourselves inwardly and that's all inclusive right body the vessel the mind our thoughts our soul the things that we think about beyond ourselves and just opening up to the the possibility that the things that we think are wrong like a pain in your hip it's like it's not really from the you know, jarring it to the left. It's not because of that. It's like, well, why did that happen? It's all these, like, mm-hmm. I think about it in like this, like ripple, you know, in like the matrix or something when, <laughs> when he's like, so- nobody can see us right now. Cause we're on audio, but you know, it's like falling backwards and it's like this slow motion. And then you like see 10 times of him like floating mm-hmm. backwards. I'm like, it's those ones, not really the w- him. <laughs> right. It's like how I imagine it in my mind. It's like, what are those things? That are like sitting still in time and space that are causing something to feel in my body. Yeah. And, you know, getting to that place and accessing that place is so difficult for people sometimes when they don't have like an awareness, like you've had mm-hmm. working with a coach and um, like I've had working with uh, spiritual teachers and guides. And it's, it's kind of a an experience, right? You have to first experience it to understand. Like your te- yoga teacher is telling you, just be aware of it. And you're like, your brain goes, well, "What am I being aware of? All I th- all I see is pain." So, how would you, you know, work with someone going beyond that when they're so f- hyper focused on something? Maybe they mm-hmm. come to you. Maybe you are working with them as a client, and they're like. Andrew, like things are just not working out in my life. I'm trying so hard. I'm I want this opportunity. I'm working my butt off towards it. Things are not happening, mm-hmm. and that's all they can see. Right. And they're like, I'm doing all the things right. Like how <laughs> I'm doing all the things right, and shit is not working out. You're a liar. Right. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. this spiritual stuff isn't working. Yeah. Um, how would you you know navigate that, or like share with someone, or even the people who are listening? to drop in deeper, like what would your guidance be on that?
1: So I'll I'll put it in like a really practical um, example. So I have two different salon owners that recently kind of are facing the same challenge, which is they're, well, they're facing the same challenge that almost every hairdresser turned salon owner faces, which is how do I now start to step back away from my clientele so that I can become more of the coach the mentor the owner in the salon. And it always, on the surface, because we stay up here, we stay in the head brain, we Mm -hmm. analyze and we think, oh, it's because I'm afraid I'm going to not make enough money. I'm afraid that um, the salon's not going to make enough money if I don't keep bringing it in, which are all justifiable reasons to be concerned, like, Cool. Yeah, that's one reason to be concerned. What's happening is your head is creating the story that that is a reason so that it can protect itself from being aware of anything else. Mm -hmm. So um, part of my training is in a process called M-BIT. It's multiple brain integration techniques. And so um, even scientifically, we now know that we have brain activity in the heart and brain activity in the gut Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: actually significant brain activity. So part of my training is how to get people to access that intelligence because there's different truths that are coming from those places. Mm -hmm. But we've been brought up so incredibly head brain and analytical at this point that it's hard to access those things. So part of my training is to help people to access those things. So the first thing is always that Everything has some truth behind it. So you explore it like, okay, cool. Let's talk about the reality of what does it look like if you cut back 10 hours a week? How much money does that take out of the finances? How much money does that take out from the overall salon experience? Okay, is that a realistic concern to have? Maybe. But what else could you be doing to solve that concern? Then it, it starts to kind of calm things down because it's like, there's this part up here that's kind of screaming, hey, listen to me, listen to me. So once you listen to it, it kind of calms down. Mm-hmm. And that's honestly the part that I, I don't agree with, with a lot of meditation practice, is we miss that those things are there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And unless we actually are attentive to them, they're going to keep bombarding us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So once we give the attentiveness to it, you know, in an awareness space with no judgment, just okay, cool, tell mm-hmm. me what you got for me, and it's okay, whatever you whatever you say here. So then the next phase is once I start to see, okay, they're chilling out, they're not so like charged,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I can. Uh, I also have breathing patterns that I can work with people on, and um, if you go to uh, this is probably the best tool that I could offer everyone that's listening. If you go to YouTube, just put in coherence breathing Mm. and, um, it's, it's an even pattern of six seconds in six seconds out. It's, and it brings the autonomic nervous system into a state of coherence pretty quickly, actually, like typically within one minute, like if I have someone actually hooked up to, I've got this little machine thing in here, I can hook them up to that little monitor And you can actually see their heart rate going into coherence. It's pretty damn cool. It's so
0: awesome how, like, I'm just listening to all this, like, oh my gosh, it's so cool how everything is so the same, but different. Like, we're talking about words, and it's like, words, it's just a word. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I use a six-second breathing in and out when I drop people into a meditative state so that I can perform or um, facilitate Reiki. Or before I'm about to um, do a... Um, crystal reiki session or anything that has to get them into a, a more relaxed state it's mm-hmm. six seconds in and six seconds out same cool yeah
2: i'll
1: send you the link after we're off here because i don't know if you can put that in like show notes or something but yeah, it's definitely it, it's a guy that he really is the one that did the most research on um heart coherence so I'll send you that link because it's just a great video and it's free on his website. It's it's one of the best at facilitating people in that breathing pattern that I've found. So.
0: Amazing. I'm definitely so, going to
1: listen to it. <laughs> one, and once we get people into that coherent space, and I'm sure that that's kind of how like your teachers and stuff came to that, is like once people are in that more balanced, coherent space where they're not charged, but they're also not so deep into that meditative space that they're kind of all you know, because mm-hmm. that's the other thing that can happen in, like, kind of real heavy meditation is people become so far into the parasympathetic that they're just kind of, they're, they're not vibrant anymore. Mm-hmm. They kind of dull a little bit. Their subconscious isn't in. really
0: able to be accessed, maybe. Right. It's Like, like you're
1: just so deep in that it's like, you're in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so once we get people into that space, then we can start to ask different questions. So even just a simple question of, okay, bring your attention deep down into that gut part of you, that really, like, that's where you sense yourself. Maybe it's where you feel like you get those intuitive messages, like, hey, like, you should take action on this, or very often the intuitive message is like, I don't know what's around the next corner of this block, but something inside of me, and it usually registers down here deep in the belly. It's like, maybe you should turn right instead of turning left tonight. Mm -hmm. And then next thing you hear is there was like a fire on that block or something. You know, it's those messages that we get. Mm -hmm. So some people, depending on how um, accessible they are to, to the little bit more woo woo kind of stuff <laughs> you know you can be a little more direct with them like okay talk to the gut like literally talk to that to the the space in your gut right now and ask it what it has to tell us about this situation because the gut has that sense of self mm-hmm. and we can ask the heart because the heart is our connector it's our compassion and connector vessel so then it's like, okay, well, what does the heart say about your connection with other people that you need to know about this, or the connection with yourself, or the compassion for yourself? And typically, this is where the, the truth starts to come up. And it's so cool, because for both of my clients, it came back to more of a a concern of, of like losing connection with people,
2: mm-hmm. losing
1: reputation, losing love, and like really the the mind was telling us a story that the concern was all about the money because that one's an easy one to address for people Mm -hmm. like it seems scary but it's still much more um it's still surface it's still something like well I can fix the money thing right but if it comes down to uh no I'm really concerned that like if I start losing clients because I back off on my schedule that the staff's gonna see me as weak Mm -hmm. because we've been telling ourselves that the value of a hairdresser is how many hours they put in behind the chair each week. And that's just not the truth, right? But mm-hmm. that's what we've told ourselves for so long. That's the story that's been in, in, embedded in us. So um, then when you get to those kind of things, because that's the, that's the stuff that starts to get uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but it's like, okay, stay aware. It, don't make this a good thing. Don't make it a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Just just stay aware and as you go through this week don't try to fix that don't try and even find an answer to the situation just each time you feel that sense in your gut that little gurgle like oh man i don't want to tell this person i'm backing off of my schedule just feel it just sense it just go okay cool that's what i'm sensing right now (laughs) and just live in it because that's that's the thing that we again like i think Man, especially now, it's like there's a drug for everything. There's, and you know, there's a lot of people out there advertising, "Hey, I have the cure for this. I have the mm-hmm. cure for that." And I, and I do think that there are things that can help us facilitate through those challenges. But and until we're ready to just be witness to them and be aware of them, I don't think they go away.
0: Mm. Yeah. Change. Yeah, and I think that you know to that point probably change is is what really activates this this um sensation it's like change within us like if we change you know everything around us then has to change and people want to hang on because that's what I'll find a lot is that people want to change they want all of the things they want to feel happier they want to feel better but they'll cling to these old stories and patterns because it's what they know it's comfortable mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable to let that go and I, I mean i've been through that myself i'm like you know hanging on to many dramas and little things that are just make you feel safe and comfortable and the yeah. change of becoming limitless becoming a journeyist becoming this person who is like when you're around them, you're like, what do they have? What are they on? You know, where you're unaffected, mm. you're in that space, that equanimous space where things aren't affecting you like they used to. You're not reactive. It's like, well, who am I if I'm that? Yeah. You know, if I change into that, how are people going to interact with me? You know, are people going to like me like that? Coming back to that, totally. you know, that gut feeling, that worthiness feeling that's for me, solar plexus space is, will I be worthy if I'm this better version of myself? Because people aren't gonna know who that is. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, And one of, those, one of those owners even kind of said that exact thing to me the other day. She's like, you know, I've been this person that has been seen as, hey, you're at the top of your game, you're the badass in town. And she's like, I've been that person for so mm-hmm. long, how, it, how do I let that go? Mm-hmm. that's been my identity and, she, and you know her partner's kind of like we'll just get over it like <laughs> you're, you're
0: working something better
1: you know and sounds
0: easy right
1: <laughs> but that's what we do to ourselves too mm-hmm. isn't it Kelly? like mm-hmm. we go well that's dumb get over it
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's like again in comes the judgment which is a total block but if we can just say huh wow okay that's kind of interesting I, you know, I like what a lot of the Buddhist meditation teachers talk about, which is actually sit in fascination that your brain can even do that to you. Mm-hmm. Instead of getting frustrated with the brain, like, hey, dude, why do you keep doing this shit to me, man? Like, mm-hmm. it's not good for me. Just go, whoa, that's, that's kind of cool, like, that my brain can <laughs> actually formulate these crazy stories. Because it just doing that... It makes it lighter. People do that. Like, yeah, I mean, we, we giggle and we laugh all of a sudden.
0: Yeah. It's like,
1: yeah, man, that's, that's kind of cool. I sound like a total like hippie stoner right now, but.
0: Hippie stoners are the coolest.
1: I live in Southern (laughs) Oregon,
2: dude.
0: There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, that's kind of the key. That's it. Like that's everything right there. Like to, to simplify all of it. It's like be light with yourself. Mm-hmm. because life is already heavy. Like, I mean, literally, we are, like, stuck to this earth. We are, like, it, like we've got, we have so much pushing down on us to stay here
2: mm-hmm.
0: and embodied here in this body and earth that, I mean, that's enough pressure. Why are we Why are we trying to put so much pressure on ourselves to now be, move, act, be seen in this certain way? You mm-hmm. know, and becoming observant of the miraculous nature of our brain is, wow, that's it. Like, that's that's kind of it. And being able to look at it and laugh in the midst of how ugly or how nasty or negative that we may perceive it to be, to look at it and be like, that's just a story that's not me, that's not who I am. It's just, just something that my brain is making up because it's experienced things. And that's, you know, that's healing, you know, cause it's not gonna go away. And right. I think that's probably the most important for pe- thing for people to know when they go on this journey is mm-hmm. like the end of the rainbow is not everything gets erased. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or even that it's everything's pot, uh, everything's joyous. Jo- like, yeah. You know, There's we're, gonna be we're an still array. in pursuit of this joy and um, like high level experience that we miss. The fact that maybe, uh, maybe the end experience is just peace. Peace. Like it's not up, it's not down. It's just peace. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, that's all I need.
0: Yeah. And I think that we overcomplicate it so much because we think it's boring. Like the mm-hmm. idea of not getting high is boring. That idea right. that there's not going to be any drama. It's boring. Like where's the <laughs> thrill? <laughs> and, and the truth is once you get into that space of peace and staying in a har- harmonized way with yourself that feels balanced, you do feel bliss, you do feel those those things that you think feel good when you're on a high or you know, oh I won this thing or I got that, you know, I I accomplished that thing. Those things are so temporary. And feeling at peace is is so infinite. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it just feels like that's what true freedom feels like to me. It's like being not in all of the other stuff and, and observing just observing it all watching yeah. it happen
1: and you know to me too the really important part is to just also to register that we're human and yeah that achieving those kinds of levels of awareness and knowledge and all that stuff it's it's our probably our most natural state, but because of education and because of process, it's probably our most unnatural state in the current state of the world. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we're just not kind of wired that way right now to be peaceful and just to be all understanding and to be able to witness all these things. And that's where I do think we need the support of the outside world. Like We need the support of... A Reiki master. We need the support of, of a of a coach, you know. And mm-hmm. um, I've been reading way too much j Krishnamurti lately, so this <laughs> like gets <laughs> super complicated because he's just like, you know, his thing is like, well, the problems are all the teachers and the gurus and the masters, mm-hmm. and like, he's like, they're the ones that have kind of jacked us all up. So it should be inside yourself, which is mm-hmm. just like, oh, okay, that's a little mind melting, but, I, you know. Anyway, Yeah. the the point is, I think that we do have to make sure that we stay in touch with the fact, and, you know, we, we kind of relate to this because of that discussion we were having too, with with even that fear of, for both of us kind of being a little bit more like, you know what, actually, hey, you know, I know my relationship is with the hair industry, but... <laughs> I kind of want to open up to a bigger world here. Like, I I feel ready to and I'm feeling called to. But, like, well, I don't know. What does that do over here? Like, you know, we, we've done a lot of study and practice for ourselves. And we still face those same damn concerns that everyone yeah, else does. For sure. You don't escape those things, I think. You just, you find a way to work with them in a different way. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They're not ruling you. Right. Yeah. yeah, I. Th- that's how I feel. It's like the. It's like a, more money, more problems. Right. <laughs> it's like the bigger, oh. the more expanded you get, the more that you're aware of. The things just are amplified, right? Mm-hmm. I feel the. I feel more weight on making a choice. Like, I, I feel a, a sense of urgency. Um, inside of me to choose whether I go this way or that way or do this or that instead of harping on all of the reasons why not or all of the overwhelm of choices I just listen and I move and that's how I've been navigating it because if I don't I will get stuck in that same drama that same pattern of like my brain having a battle with my heart because right now my heart says you need to speak and act and do whatever feels right, <laughs> and my brain says, "What about the beauty industry? What about all the hair people? What about being, you know, relatable mm-hmm. and all these things on paper?" And so, yeah, it, it's still there, but tuning more into the heart space instead of the head helps to make those choices so much easier or even my gut, like listening to my intuition or listening to my heart. What's pulling me and am I going to act on it or am am I gonna am I gonna kinda stay still
2: or right. revert?
0: And right now I'm like when I look back like you were talking about like kind of looking back, I don't wanna go there. I don't I don't wanna go back there. I wanna be moving forward. And mm-hmm. so the weight of those decisions feels much more intense of like, this is what's going to happen. If you don't choose to listen to yourself, you're going to go back to being that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) So yeah, those, those callings to share the message, I think will only help the beauty industry. I think it will only help our peers to truly, um, expand into those spaces that were maybe like ooh, maybe that's not my maybe that's not my uh my people or maybe that's maybe i should stay in my lane mm-hmm. and being like no there is no lane
1: yeah yep yeah i started i started this new project called the journey of sunday and it it was spawned from i've always like since i was like 17 years old i've been super obsessed with spirituality and just religion in general Mm -hmm. and so um, over the years i've studied that made it a big part of just who i am and even i remember like five six years ago talking to my coach about how i wanted to start talking about it with people but Mm -hmm. it's so intimidating because it's this Mm -hmm. big huge monster right and so in my discussions with my coaching clients, I started to really recently pick up on this pattern. There's a lot of fear in the exploration of spirituality because I think especially in the generation that, you know, especially if you're under 50 right now, maybe maybe a little bit older, we were in that transition period of, you were kind of brought up in church, so there was something there, but there was also kind of, maybe a little bit more permission to go, mm, actually, I don't like this. You know, and <laughs> yeah. So we left that space, but we never did anything else. Like we mm. never restarted that exploration in something else. So mm-hmm. there's been a huge disconnect and people are now becoming conscious that that kind of gaping hole that they've been feeling for a long time <laughs> that keeps getting bigger, the, the the part that's missing is that spiritual connection Mm -hmm. so they go well i keep thinking i kind of want to go back to church but i don't agree with that pastor i don't agree with that particular religion everything that they say or i don't agree with this so what am i supposed to do here Mm -hmm. and so that was kind of what spawned this project the journey of sunday because the one thing that i know i'm pretty good at is through um, being a teacher with with so many different levels of people for so long, I've really learned to take things and kind of place them in front of people in a way that it's like, oh, yeah, I I can digest that. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a bite-sized chunk that's comfortable enough, yet still a little bit of an exploration that, yeah, cool, I, I can do this. It was probably one of the scariest projects for me to start because the imposter syndrome really started Mm -hmm. to kick in hard you know hey you don't have a degree in study of religion you don't have a blah 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 right and i was like i don't need to tell people anything Mm -hmm. i can share my thoughts that i have for myself but i really wanted it to be like hey here's five minutes about one little tiny thing here's what i think about it what do you think about it yeah And just invite people into the conversation. And it's been awesome. Like, there's been such a huge response to it. I'm learning so much from the comments. But part of the fear, too, was, you know, in in my salon, at least, spirituality was never a conversation in the salon. In fact, it was something you were told never to talk to Mm -hmm. in a hair salon. Mm -hmm. Is you don't bring up religion. You don't bring up spirituality because it's controversial. Mm -hmm. And so... I was a little nervous that the hairdressing community might not be super interested in that kind of content, but most of my coaching clients are hairdressers and they were interested in that kind of content. And what's so cool is pretty much everyone that's commenting, most of the people that are commenting, are hairdressers and they are relating <laughs> it to their hairdressing life.
0: I know, isn't I it just funny? Thought it
1: was so cool. Like it's it's been so awesome. We're we're only on episode four, episode five will come out this weekend. But it's been, it's been huge for me. And I've, I've just gotten so many messages from people that are just like, Hey, thanks for opening up this conversation, you know, and (laughs) I, you've been, you've been doing that with your work with Limitless Hairdresser too, which I, you know, I told you before, I just think it's so cool that, you know, there's a few of you out there that are like, Hey, no, we can actually be spiritual and hairdressers at the same time. This actually yeah. can coexist, imagine that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which it's, is been, rad. it's been such a beautiful experience. Like this project, the podcast started off just how you are starting off the, um, the journey of Sunday. It's mm-hmm. like, I just wanted to share my perspective on what I think it is to be a hairdresser and what I think our opportunities are to be a hairdresser. And Mm -hmm. as I started to share my story and like the things that I've gone through in my own life, imagine that there comes a whole slew of thousands of people who are hairdressers (laughs) who are like, finally, someone who understands what I'm going through. Finally, you're like someone like me. And that has been the most beautiful thing that's come from this, um, vulnerability, because like you, I'm like, what in the actual heck am I doing? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I, I mean, I have, you know, a handful of certifications and energy work and different things like that. But a lot of the things that like those, those are great tools. It's great awareness. It's, it's, it's amazing. But what really has resonated is experience and Mm -hmm. stories and sharing those awarenesses not getting on here and telling anyone how to facilitate reiki or how to um you know do anything practical it's what i've experienced from it being a part of my life and sharing that with the people who are around me which a lot of that is my clients and it's just like this i just feel like it i feel I can feel it changing. Like I can feel mm-hmm. um, there being a shift. And the only way, like in the beginning, I was like, I'm gonna change the beauty industry. It's a revolution, we're gonna do this. And then I was like, that's not how it's gonna work. <laughs> 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 the way it's gonna work is internally um, as as a community, you know, internally yep. within us and then internally within our industry that we have to cultivate this converse, this conversation. and Um, community within that people are gonna feel comfortable to be who they want to be and that's gonna you know that'll manifest as people will be charging their worth and they have their ideal customers and like all the physical things that everybody wants is gonna come Mm -hmm. from from this work so
1: yeah yeah and you know to be honest like the practical uh, skill set stuff it doesn't necessarily work if there's if there's not a shift in why you're doing mm-hmm.
2: it mm-hmm.
1: you know if, if there's not purpose and we're not willing to kind of be be aware and start to really understand what it what is it that's in my way like is mm-hmm. it my is it my ego mm-hmm. that's blocking me from all this is it the little voice is it <sighs> I mean, honestly, there's, there's been people I've talked to that, like, I had to be the bold one and say, are you sure you're supposed to be a hairdresser? Mm-hmm. And they're like, Ugh, God, <laughs> I don't want to answer that.
0: Cause it's you know, because it's changed. in their gut, yeah. like,
1: they've been getting a message for so long that, like, hey, you know what, this has been fun and all, this has been a cool ride, but maybe it's not the ride you need to be on anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: okay, too, but it's scary as shit.
0: Yeah, the change and, Mm -hmm. you know, the unknown. And we like certainty. We want to know that if I do this, this is going to happen. Yeah, Great, then I'm going to do it because it's a sure thing. If I do this and I have no freaking clue if it will work, if people are going to make fun of me, if it's going to, like, totally bomb, the likelihood of most people willing to take that risk is so low but what if you could create certainty without having ever done it before you know and that that's all this inner work is Mm. is turning inward visualizing imagining acting as if it is and then you have that confidence to be able to move towards it and like that's the kind of stuff that i think is just going to change things and and create more innovation and create more momentum, you know, for us. Because hairdressers aren't going anywhere. Like everybody's still going to need to get their hair cut. That's people, the haircut. People, people like to be creative with the expressions of the way that they look. Like we're very important people. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, the only thing that we can do is evolve and change, and hopefully that that's going in that direction where. You know, and I think it is.
1: Yeah, for sure, definitely, I agree.
0: Yay! Well, thank you so much for hopping on here with me today and having this conversation. I know we could probably have a million more, and I'm sure we will. As this all evolves, um, any last words you want to leave with anyone? Everyone. Um,
1: I think just kind of going back and just resecuring the point that, like you know, let's be honest, we're recording this at a a point that I think there's some fears in our community. Um, You know, there's things happening around us that are out of our control. And I think I would just return to the fact that even in the scariest moments, if um, if we can find a place to just be aware of our feeling and our sense versus trying to cover it up with something else... As hard as that might be, and as, as it might even hurt in that moment, but it will it will move you forward so much more efficiently than hiding from it.
0: Mm. Hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Andrew. And it's just a pleasure to have you on here and connect with you in this way. Because we're doing things, doing good things. High five. Boom. High five. all right thank
1: you so much for the opportunity too
0: yeah for sure i'll talk to you soon okay bye